Nobody hates them for it. This is it. I have such sights to show you. It's time for another Horny Horror episode. I'm your host, Zach, and we're happening with it, grooving the waves, waiting for the babes, and Brazilian waxing our private areas. You might be asking, what are you talking about, Zach? It's just early spring. You know what? Don't worry. It's summer season now, baby, because we're covering 1975 Spielberg's classic, Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. But in the 70s, dun, 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 dun. they didn't Brazilian wax, dun, 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 did they? Dun. Wait, did they not? I figured it was like the time of the bush. Time of the bush? But it was the I time of the asshole hair as well? A lot of people did all kinds of things. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, okay, okay well, So okay, with okay. the Brazilian wax, make sure to rip off your shirt sleeves as well if you're wearing them. Spray some tanning lotion all over your hairy body. That's uh, especially uh, relative to my body. And break some glass all over the floor so you feel like you're at the beach. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh. Grind yeah. it up real good. Yeah, some Panama City action. There's always glass on the fucking beach there. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. What, what is the club in Panama City? That's like the largest club in the United States. Club La Vila. Disgusting. I've never been. I haven't either. You don't need to go. Anyway, as you know and you hear my voice, this is Zach. Just to give you a lowdown, I've had a great week. Got to spend some time with my father at a baseball game on Sunday for That's his birthday. adorable. We got a little bit of sunburn, both of us. We had a few brewskis. I bought him a Braves hat. Aww. It was pretty cute. Cute outing. And the, the Braves won. So you, Good. Can't, you can't beat that, uh, that day out. You can't beat it. Uh, and the only reason I'm rushing through a lot of this is because we have a lot of stuff to cover because, as you know, Jaws is a classic. It's Macias's choice this week. It's from yes. 1975. And it's had, what, like 44 years, almost 45 years to gain all this trivia we're going to be talking about? Hold on, let me do some math. It's considered one of the first blockbusters. It might be 44, the yeah. It is the, it's, the, it's the first summer blockbuster. Yeah. Because yeah. summer used to be a dumping ground for movies because everybody used to be outside. Not so much anymore. What's that Not like? Not since like? this movie came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Okay, so to transition to you guys, how has y'all's week been? Ash, I'll start with you. What's been going on? You look like you have your bags under your eyes. I'm pretty tired. I got up at five to do podcasts, so I waited until the last oh, minute. Man. But I got it done, guys. Yes, you, you did. did. Just uh, tying up some work loose ends before I go out of town this weekend. Going nice. to the beach. Going to the cool. beach. Cool. Yeah. Was this the best movie to watch before you go to the beach? That's exactly what I said. And Allie actually watched it with me, which surprised the shit out of she me. She doesn't even get in the water, though. I know. That's true. Why? She's she's scared of doesn't Jaws. Like that's she's, fair. She's scared of Bruce. So. Maria also had never seen Jaws before. What? What? I know. And I was like, you have to watch this shit with me. And she's like, we would be watching this like a, a month before we go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. It kind of got me pumped to go to the beach. Heck really? yeah. 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 I was like, fuck yeah. Let's Just do this. don't be stupid. No. Just make sure you're not the farthest person out. No. And drink enough to where you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Macias, how has your week been thus far? You look glowing as usual. You were Thank you. Jury duty? I was at jury duty for my first time today. It was pretty not exciting. Um, they did give us a two and a half hour lunch break, so that was cool. I got to meet up with my friend and get lunch and fart around downtown Atlanta. <laughs> That's a government employee lunch break. Yeah. Jesus. And I two didn't and get picked. Hours. They interviewed 42 out of, I was number 48. As far as the jurors, they interviewed 42 people, so right before me. God, I was thinking about you all day. I was like, I wonder if she's got a double homicide or, like, no. a pedophile or something. Something crazy? Armed, armed robbery, gang activity. 
Yeah. And uh, that would have been possession fun. of a firearm. Huh. It would have been fun. Um, I'm assuming the, they weren't stealing hearts. The defendants looked no, they looked nice and cute. I don't okay. know. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, knowing the city of Atlanta, probably going to be unjustly put in prison. But that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think so. Bless them. Yeah. Bless them. They're the wrong skin color to be going to court for that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's the, the way the land sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but to move towards something that's a little bit more horrific, probably less horrific, to be honest, if we're comparing it to the criminal justice system. Macias, do you want to tell us a story that kind of ties us into the movie? It happened in the movie, but I think there's a, a lot more context you can get from the actual um, telling of what is it the USS Indianapolis yes I want to tell you guys the story of the USS Indianapolis is that uh, a ship it is a ship <laughs> uh, and it's the story that Quint told uh, the one of the best scenes in the movie when he drunkenly tells the story which you know as a child I'd never heard of it I assumed it was made up but it's not and the real story is pretty interesting some would say more terrifying than fucking Jaws. Yeah, uh, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So the thing is, Quint needed a backstory on why he had such an intense hatred for sharks. So enter the USS Indianapolis story. Uh, this was classified for 30 years. Really? W- mm-hmm. So, like, no one could look up the details right. until after. No one could talk about it. World War Two. Mm-hmm. World wow. War Two. I did not know that part of the story. Yeah. So this was basically declassified, like right before Jaws. Right before Jaws. Some would say four Jaws. Ma- yep. Maybe probably for that purpose. You're right. So on the ship were the innards of two atomic bombs. Um, I saw an interview with two survivors. They said the crew. They didn't even know what atomic bombs were. Obviously, at the time. Um, so they were the bombs for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And on the way back from dropping the bombs off, uh, the ship was shot by two Japanese torpedoes and began sinking. God damn it. Yep. Could you just imagine if it was shot with the bombs on? How, oh, how, yeah. how that would have oh, changed the, shit, like, you're the, right. the, the culture of everything that happened, but that's not even what we're talking about right wow. now. Damn, I wonder what that damage would have been like. I don't know if they would have went off if it was designed like that, but I, I just couldn't imagine if that would have like delayed the whole war, or, like kept it going, or if the invasion of Japan would have actually happened with ground troops. Why don't yeah. you make some fan fiction? Yeah. <sighs> I'm getting hard just thinking about historical... Uh, yeah, historical fiction is a thing. Sounds mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Go for it. So the ship was shot by the torpedoes, and it went down in 12 minutes. 300 men sank with the ship, but 900 went into the water, and in the end, only 316 survived. Ooh, um, that's a bad ratio. Oh, yeah. That's what, a 33? No, sorry, that's 66% of the people died. Yes. 900 people, right, 300 well, survived, right? There were 1,200, so 1,200 total. A little more than... Uh, 900, 300 sank when the ship sank, oh, and sorry, then 900 sorry, sorry. went into the water. Okay. And then the 316 survived. So of the people that went into the water, third, 33% of them survived. Right. Only Jesus. 33%. But you you kind of understand why. Um, so the the guys I watched, the survivors whose interview I watched, they said they couldn't estimate the number of sharks, but there were a lot. Uh, they said the sharks wouldn't break the clusters of men, but for the most part. But some men would drink salt water and get delirious, and they'd swim out away from the groups. And the sharks would, of course, pick them off. Um, and they said they'd basically like eat the insides and just leave the carcass floating in the water. So if that's not creepy uh, enough, being stranded, you know, with you have nothing, you to deal with fucking sharks. You have to deal with sharks and just floating the bodies of your like friends and stuff, just floating around you. 
Um, and it's true, the mission was top secret. No one knew they were out there. So they floated for five days on the Holy water before they were fuck. found. That's that's terrifying without the sharks. I know. <laughs> because it's just the hot sun for five days, right. no water, salt water, you're not having any food. And I, don't, I forgot what the amount of time you can survive without water is. But you probably are. And you're in the middle of there. the ocean. In the middle of the ocean, man. Just like floating on on wreckage. Imagine the sunburn you'd get. Oh Oof. yeah, I'm sure they looked rough. Castaway had shit on him, these guys. Oh, Castaway was like a luxury cruise compared yeah. to oh, yeah. stuck <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Um, but what the what the survivors did say is they they agreed that they owe a great debt to Robert Shaw for telling their story Aww. the way he did in the movie. Because, I mean, and I, I say this as someone that's only heard the story from Jaws, the idea is that no one else really knew their story. Like, unless you, yeah. it, you know, stumbled upon, you guys remember that website? Yeah. Like, and a random, like, telling or the Wikipedia page for it? Right, because, you know, there was no internet, so it's not like, if it's declassified, who's controlling TV? They're not going to rush to put this kind of inf yeah. this kind of shit out on the news, yeah. so it's, like, probably What, do you have to go unknown. to, like, a government library to, like, find it? Yeah. Or, or wait for a reporter to be doing, like, a, yeah. like a, a, what's a FOIA request, like, freedom of information mm. to get the story or something? But, like, yeah, I guess it, unless it wasn't televised, yeah. no one would know it. And at that point, when Jaws was released, that's probably when they were in their 60s. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oof. Wild shit, man. some wild... Not the way Shit. I'd want to go. I know, me neither. That I can't imagine anything worse. No, I mean just the idea of being in the water and your feet dangling and something having the ability to grab you and pull you down. Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, maybe jump into the synopsis of Jaws from 1975. If you haven't seen it, I can assuredly tell you it's a little less horrifying than what we just heard from Macias. Yeah, it's a little more fun. So basically, when a teenage girl is killed by a shark, this local police chief, Brody, in this New England tourist town of Amity, is dead set on closing the beaches for the summer. But the money-hungry shark-in-a-suit mayor... I like how you said shark-in-a-suit. Larry Vaughn says, hell no, leaving the chief to team up with the nerdy, entitled shark expert, Matt Hooper and local fisherman shark killer Captain Quint to duke it out with this great white shark that's been terrorizing the town. I made that synopsis. That was what do good. you guys think? It's accurate. It's great. It's good. short, succinct, it's all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were discussing before we started uh, whether this was a horror movie or not. And we all pretty much agree that it's a horror movie. It's a monster movie. Yeah. Spielberg uh, said, he said, this is not a horror movie. Well, it's like a, an action adventure. But you're right. It's a monster movie. That's like, what more horror yeah, can you get? It's definitely a thriller, an action adventure drama. I, I agree, but I will say it, it, it's on the line of that. Yeah. Because you could probably argue that the movie like Anaconda or what was the case? Oh, my God. I loved Anaconda. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Was that J-Lo? J-Lo yeah. and LL Cool J. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. Ice Cube. Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Uh, what about the... Wasn't there also a really good gator movie? Lake Placid. Lake, Lake Placid. Placid. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to classify those in the horror section, they then you are. classify this. But, but I think we all have to admit this is a non, um, uh, non-traditional horror movie. For sure. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... I would call them a thriller. A thriller. I thriller. like that. Yeah. Or thrillers. Like a, thrill a thriller. A thriller. 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 Totes. I'm fine with that. Jaws is based on a book with the same title written by Peter Benchley. 
When Benchley thought of the idea for this book, he was broke, he was down on his luck, and he was sitting on a beach thinking, what if a shark terrorized a quiet little beach town? This was news to me. I didn't know that it was a book. Yeah. Until I watched it this last time. I have a book of his, but it's called something different. It wasn't that good. I made it halfway through. You have a book of his that isn't Jaws? Yeah, I found it at a thrift store like years ago, and I knew that he had written Jaws. So I bought it, and I. It was okay. About like a mechanical fucking shark. Anyway, it was dumb. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, not his best work. Uh, But his novel was, was discovered by then Cosmopolitan magazine editor Helen Gurley Brown, who was the wife of movie producer David Brown who brought the story to his partner, Richard Zanuck, and they bought the rights to the book. Damn, that's uh, that's quite the chain. Yeah. yeah. And at the time, they're planning to make this into a movie. The book was number one. It was a number one bestseller in 1974 after so being discovered. they had discovered. to like, get on it. Yes, like, they wanted to put a rush on this. Uh, Zanuck had already picked a director, but he wanted um, young director Steven Spielberg to take a look and get his opinion. Spielberg loved the story. It was kind of similar to a movie that he made. It was made for TV called Duel, which was a movie about a big truck chasing people down. Where you, you never maximum overdrive. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. It sounds just like it, <laughs> uh, but it's basically where you never could see who's behind the wheel, and that's what makes it scary, etc. Like Joyride. Like yeah, yeah, yeah like Joyride. That was a fun Candy candy cane. Yeah. So Jaws was kind of similar. So Spielberg said, "Hey, let me know if something happens with the director. I'd love to work on this." Then there was a meeting with the then director where he pitched an idea. He says, picture this. The movie opens on a small town and a huge whale comes out of the water. The producer, Richard Zanuck, was like, what the fuck, dude? It's a shark, not a whale. And he was like, if this motherfucker cannot get it straight, like he's thinking Moby Dick here and it's a shark, like I'm not even going to fuck with it. So he called in Steven Spielberg, who... (laughs) That's awesome. Way to go with your gut. Yeah, man. That, like, I just would love to be in that meeting where someone just like comes in totally unprepared. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not even unprepared, just like not getting the right line of what yeah. the movie should be. How like that's like I the mean, biggest interview failure ever. Like do you if, when you yeah. got to see how big and how great Jaws was and you couldn't get the fucking animal I straight. I wonder what he's doing. Yeah. Like a tiger comes out of the water. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what? Fail. Epic fail. Uh so Spielberg at the time he was twenty seven. Um and Zanuck wanted him because you know, he's got baby. a fresh face. I know. He was cute when he was young, he too. He was cute. I was, I was like, looking at him. I need Those a young side Jew. profile pics of him with his, like, his, like, hat and his, his little director hat and his little white tees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a cutie pie. We see you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so at the time, Spielberg's friend had written a screenplay for a movie called Lucky Lady, which he really wanted to work on, and a bunch of famous actors were on it. He wanted to take it, but his other friend... Sid Scheinberg, who was at the time the president of Universal, advised him against it and, in fact, ordered him to take Jaws. Good friend. Good mentor. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, Benchley's novel, as I said, it was number one on the bestsellers list. They're trying to Take get this out. thing going. Um, and SAG was threatening to strike in the summer, so that lit an extra fire under everyone's butt to start shooting. Uh, but apparently, the first draft of the screenplay that Peter Benchley wrote was garbage. So they pulled on this other writer, um, Howard Sackler, and then Steven Spielberg went to his other friend, Carl Gottlieb, and said, look, I just want this to be more than a, a monster movie. I don't want it to be so dark. So he said, eviscerate it. He gave him the was, script and he said... He was kind of a... He wrote, like, comedy, too. Right. So he wanted him to add some some lightness into it, which yeah. I think they did a, a great job of. Nice balance. So from here on out, Gottlieb and Spielberg were constantly working on the script. Literally, like... At the end of the day when they were shooting, they'd come back to the log, ca- log cabin they were sharing and they'd work on it. They'd have their actors come in. And this really helped them to kind of like develop 
help the actors to develop their characters and it's kind of like the Free whole form. yeah and everything became like he godly would just take everyone's ideas and kind of make them into this cohesive story that's which, fucking brilliant i know the fact that like it all came together like it that it works best for every movie but no. like right. I, I think like if it does, if it done well it can help adapt with yeah. like how the movie has been shooting definitely you know, like yeah. you, as when it's do what, mm. if you do as it you're going. as you're going yeah um, and as we get into a little deeper into the episode, you'll discover there were a hell of a lot of pro- problems um, that arose while making this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the cast seemed to be pretty flexible with everything. Um, they were working with a new up-and-coming director with this uh, interesting plot from a book. And I really think when people think about the movie Jaws, they generally think about the amazing special effects and the awesome shark in it. But I think that this movie did really well because of the acting and the three main characters in this For movie. For sure. Preach. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't think this would have done very well if it would have been a bad acting job for many of them because there's literally about an hour and a half of the movie where it's just three characters in a goddamn boat. Right. Yeah. And there's only about four minutes of Jaws in yeah. the movie. So you're going to need your actors to actually pull that weight for most of it. Um, to say there was personality on the set is an understatement. Yes. <laughs> I think this is probably, out of all the movies you've covered, maybe other than Predator, mm, this might be more personality. Yeah. I only say Predator because there was like six bodybuilders on that, and that mm-hmm. was a little different. But this movie, uh, it was great. Uh, first off, we had Roy Scheider, you said, Macias? Yep. Scheider. Uh, he played our city slicker, water-hating local sheriff, Sheep, she, Chief. Chief Martin. I loved him Martin so Brody. much. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a doll. Uh, the actor himself, Scheider, was an athlete growing up. He messed his nose up boxing early on, and he would gain popularity in the classic The French Connection as Detective Buddy before he did Jaws, and eventually went on to Jaws and Jaws 2, which he's primarily known for. Um, here's some great facts about the movie, and before we get into any of the facts about these actors, I there's just not enough time in the day in this episode We'd be here for a few months if we give every fact. Right. So I picked out, we picked out some things that we thought were really interesting. So for Roy, he was initially interested after hearing Spielberg at a party uh, talking to somebody else about a scene that he was planning where a shark jumps on the boat. So that's how it started. Yeah. I heard, I heard that. And then I also heard like Steven Spielberg was at a party one night and he, because I think the, the act, the actors were the last thing that they hadn't even had the actors cast and they're about to make the movie. And he was like, I just need like a leading man and I just don't know who to get. And he and he was talking to Roy Scheider about it and he was like, what, what about, about me? me? What about me, man? Oh, yeah, man. So uh, we'll look into it. Right. <laughs> but it worked out because yeah. the producers, like I was just kind of hinting at, were hesitant as casting him as the chief and only agreed to cast him as this chief if he was going to do three movies with the production company. Mm. And so he did Jaws 2 and another movie after that. He's just so, like, human. He's, like, such a family, like, man and, yeah. like, I don't know. He's I supposed like... to represent the common man in this movie, yes. the audience. But apparently th- in uh, The French Connection, he was a bit of, like, a kind of, like, a... Bad boy? A bad boy mm. cop, and, like, he didn't want that, but he did not play that whatsoever. No. Because he was by the book and yeah. very holistic, like, family man. Yeah. He was great. Um, I did like the fact that, you know, the quote in the movie that everyone knows is, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. That was a ad lib by Roy Scheider. Hell yeah, buddy. Fuck yeah. Pretty impressive. So to get into the personality of what's going on, Roy Scheider kind of played a mediation role in all of it. Uh, To give a a very good example, at one point, Robert Shaw, who played Quint, and Richard Dreyfuss, who played Hooper, 
kept bickering with each other about who is more in shape. I think Shaw kept saying that Dreyfus was way too young to be that fat, that he couldn't do any push-ups. Yeah. And then one <laughs> said that he could do 20 push-ups, and then they asked Scheider to mediate and judge because he was an athletic man. And he looked at both of them, and especially Dreyfus, and he said, I know a few men who do 20 full push-ups, and you're not one of them. So, like, it just starts this competitive thing that goes on with all of the cast members, especially these three. Another fun fact is during the last few scenes, when Roy Scheider is stuck on the sinking boat, especially when he's about to shoot the shot, mm -hmm. it took 75 takes to get it right. And Scheider didn't trust the special effects crew enough uh, with getting him out of the boat if it went wrong, because they were on the ocean, which we'll get into, that he hid axes and hammers all over the cabin in different to places get out. to get out if he needed to. I think what the, you're talking Whoa. about at the end when they shoot him, I think it yes. was when Jaws was coming into the boat and he was stuck in the cabin of it. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like it comes out the window. Yeah. But like he's in like this enclosed thing that's in the middle of the ocean and like human, uh, human, whatever survival comes in. Like you don't want to be stuck there. Look, I. I wouldn't be able to film with the shark, I, especially that scene where you're trapped the in it shark. and you have to trust someone's going to get you out of it. Especially the way the production went on this set. Yes, no considering all the way. failures. No yeah. fucking way. No. Yeah. Uh, good for him for like planning his exits. Yeah. Always plan your exits, people. Wherever He's you go. Everywhere. If life's taught you anything, at any given point, someone's going to fuck it up or an animal's going to fuck it up or environment's going to fuck it up. Yep. yep. Uh, we're going to shift to the proverbial first mate in Richard Dreyfus. Dreyfus, I don't know how you pronounce Dreyfus. Uh, he played Matt Hooper, the marine biologist. Uh, Dreyfus is probably the most popular actor in this group. He, mm, he for sure. uh, would go on to win an Oscar for Goodbye Girl, a movie that I've never seen. I don't have no interest in it. And he was one of the five actors to be in both a George Lucas movie and a Spielberg movie. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And he's the only actor to be in a... Uh, George Lucas and Spielberg movie that didn't involve Star Wars. Which hmm. is interesting because I think uh, a few other people had been in both. And in reference to Jaws, I love this quote that he had about the movie. He said, this is uh, Dreyfus again, when I saw Jaws for the first time, I forgot I was in it. It scared the crap out of me. That night I heard something I'd never heard before. The audience went crazy and then they silently watched the scroll and they clapped again. So I mean, it Aww. was Yeah, because yeah, originally he was like, before the movie came out, he was like, this movie sucks. It's yeah. not good. It's yeah. not the director's fault. It's Universal's fault, but this isn't going to be a good movie. Yeah, there's like a TV interview of it. He was like, I didn't know I was fucking I was, was young. It was fucking awkward. It's weird to watch that, and then you just think like how popular it was, and he it's had like, no idea. Yo, dog, like, just stop for a I second. I think yeah. they were all anxious, though, that it wasn't going to be good. Except Robert Shaw was probably just drunk. Yeah, probably, <laughs> which we'll get into. Uh, what's funnier is that he initially <laughs> passed on being the part of Hooper because he didn't want to be involved in this at all. Yeah. But he eventually came back to him and was like, oh, I can be into this. Apparently he thought his the movie that he had done he thought he was shitty in it and it was about to come out and he was like well I gotta, I gotta do something else so people don't remember me by that or I'm not gonna be able to work in Hollywood ever again because yeah. his acting was so bad then the movie came out turns out he was great yeah but uh yeah, but yeah. yeah hindsight's 2020 uh Dreyfus was told not to read the book uh, Jaws because his character was formed much differently than the character in the book mm -hmm. they didn't want him to have any preconceived notions yeah. of being this certain character and he would later say we started filming like you were saying earlier without a script without a cast without a shark mm -hmm. which is impressive that they kind yeah. of put everything together as it goes because yeah. that's like what you're not supposed to do 101 no you know you're supposed to have everything prepared all the cast prepared you have the backstories and they were just kind of like shooting it from uh, the hip uh, but it worked really well 
And I think the fact that both of these actors hated each other also kind of worked well oh, yeah. on this. It was perfect. And again, I'm talking about Dreyfus and Robert Shaw, who played Quint. Mm-hmm. Quint is the captain in the movie. He is, what is he? He's the... Um, Professional shark catcher? Yeah. Thing? Perfection- Poacher? Yeah. Something like, like that? Something Seafarer. like that. Yeah. Seaman. Seaman. <laughs> Seaman. He's like the sea He's the local fisherman. sailor guy. Yeah. Um, but tension raised with that really quickly because of Quint's drinking habits. Yeah. Apparently, Robert Shaw was a bit of an alcoholic. Yeah. I'd say. And I, I say that, I mean, as someone that likes drinking as well, but if you're known for being an alcoholic in Hollywood, it's probably pretty bad because everyone's probably a big drinker in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Uh, tension was raised quite frequently because of this. And Robert Shaw once exclaimed that he wished he could stop drinking on set. And then Dreyfus, Dreyfus grabbed his glass and threw it in the ocean. So there was a, a lot of times where this old man who was, I think, 49, 48, had actually done things in his career. This is Robert Shaw. He was actually the biggest actor, I think, on this when, yeah. they, when they did the movie. And a new actor in Richard yeah. Dreyfus like kind of butting heads with him as 24 year old you know he had to redo that indianapolis story because the first yes. time he... we'll get to that oh, right okay, okay um they were friendlier in private as far as dreyfus said like he said he he read him his whole script of a play he had written and they were completely fine yeah dreyfus said he was a nice dude with, yeah. before he had a drink <laughs> well Damn. there was a quote i'll tell you in a second but in public he accused Dreyfus of cowardice and yeah. once bet him a bunch of money, and it kept increasing, to climb the mass of the ship that was 75 orca. feet and jump off into the ocean, at which Spielberg said, I don't care how much money he offers you, you're not jumping off the mast, not in my movie. Yeah. So he just seemed to kind of be an asshole. I think he kind of sounds hilarious. Apparently he was saying some anti-Semitic shit to him, too. Just Because he's not- Jewish. Right, but not, yeah. and it's not like Robert Shaw was actually like racist or anti-Semitic or anything. I think he was just a dickhead. Poking a bear. <laughs> yeah. That and like you know different. He's probably you could trying say. to like yeah. bring him down a notch. Yes. That yeah, um, which is interesting. All all that said, in 2014, Dreyfus was had appeared on an Irish talk show after a special screening of Jaws with, which is interesting, Robert Shaw's 14 year old granddaughter because he was Irish. He became very emotional, saying that although Shaw gave him a hard time, the young actor at the time really admired him and was heartbroken to hear that he had died four years after Shaw. So they, they bonded, yeah. even if it was like a com- very conflicting relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you could tell, I watched the interview that he was like tearing up, Aww. thinking about like talking to his granddaughter and like he, he wished he would have you know, been a little bit nicer. And lastly, to get into Robert Shaw's character, Captain Quinn, the hardened sea captain with years of sea salt under his nails. The seaman. The seaman, which is always <laughs> weird to say. Like we said, he had been nominated for awards before that, so yeah. like, he was an actor-actor. Um, he was also reluctant to take the role as he didn't, he didn't like the book. I don't know how you read it drunk, but uh, <laughs> he decided to do it because his wife and his secretary, whom I'm only assuming he slept with, said that the last time they told him to take a movie he didn't want to take was from Russia with Love. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, some of the movies. That choice. was really popular. Uh, Shaw has a bar in his hometown named after him. Of cool. Course. We have to go. I think it's in Ireland. Okay, I'm going. Even a better reason. To yeah, go I'm going. I'm going. And he has a fucking X-Men named after him that's still like a character in lore. Sebastian cool. Hiram Shaw. Weird. He's, cool. he's a villain. Don't worry. But uh, cool, cool. he can convert energy 
into power, which is interesting. Um, this guy routinely drank between takes. That's just something yeah. that's known. I don't have a problem with that, and, but that probably led to his uh, death when he was 51. I heard mm. he died having had, he had 10 children by three different women. Holy shit. That's an Irish and opposition. He, and he made no money from Jaws. Whoa. He made no money from Jaws because he had an IRS problem so large <laughs> yeah. that they had to make sure he was out of the U.S. country in a certain amount of time so there's no tax liability on the movie. Because the flown. government would take his money? Yeah. Well, the government was already <laughs> taking his money. I guess maybe he was trying to avoid that, but they flew him back to Canada immediately once it was done. Jesus. Uh, yeah. He also was so much of a drunk that during the shot of the USS Indianapolis scene, uh, he wanted to be drunk because mm. it said they were drunk, and he took it a little too far, and they did hours of takes to get nothing they could work with. Uh, I heard uh, Richard Drivers in an interview, he said, in, he said in an alternate universe, that day is still happening. It's still going on. <laughs> he was like, it was fucking painful. That's awful. And I can't, I can't judge that because I've been in that situation myself where I'm the person that's supposed to be doing something that's way too drunk, but not for a goddamn feature movie. <laughs> yeah. No, that's money on the line. That's a bunch of money on the line mm. um, but apparently ashamed and hungover he called Spielberg later that night when he woke out of his drunk stupor and said can I do it again because they were going to cut it and they eventually came back the next day did it and he nailed what you see in the movie which was a hungover version of him acting damn drunk. that's perfect it's just kind of sad in though. one take yeah I mean, what, what are you going to do? I'm sorry. Know. He seems like a fun motherfucker to drink I with. I think so. I agree, but he also seems like the exact character he's portraying. Yeah. yeah. He's like a hardened sailor that's an asshole. Yeah. That, like, yeah. doesn't have any care for his own body, which well, is what happened in the end. He jumps yeah. into the goddamn shark's mouth. He didn't jump in, but... He was just well swimming in. with bull-legged women. <laughs> Meryl Lee. <laughs> Mary Lee died at the age of 103. A lot of that oh, shit God. I was reading about. <laughs> You're perfect. <laughs> All of the stuff was like he had in his head. Like they didn't yeah, ask him to help with any of that stuff. He seems so damn He fun. said that Mary Lee quote was from a fucking grave in Ireland he'd read. Yeah. Oh my God, I want to know him. They wanted yeah. to know the rights to get the song. And he was like, it's off a of fucking <laughs> gravestone. Just, just made it up, buddy. That's great. So to move on to something that's a little less about uh, drunkenness and these actors and more about just how this movie was made and why it was made the way it was made. It gets really interesting because Jaws was only initially awarded $3.5 million budget, which what? is a lot for that time, Yeah, but not as much as it ended up getting. And uh, it was also only granted 55 days to complete production. Uh, but to due to a myriad of circumstances that we've discussed throughout this whole episode, and we're probably going to do special effects a lot more of what happens with the money, uh, Spielberg had to insist that it was shot in the middle of the ocean because he didn't want it in a lake, he didn't want it in a tank, which costs a lot more money. But due to a myriad of circumstances that we've discussed and will continue to discuss with special effects for this episode, uh, and Spielberg's insistence to shoot in the middle of the actual ocean, um, and problems that with the mechanical shark, a lot of the cast was calling this movie not Jaws, but Flaws. Yeah. Which is a pretty simple... That's cute. What'd you say? The Great White Turd? The Great White Turd. I heard that one. That's what they called Bruce? Yeah. Brucey? Yeah. Well, these unforeseen circumstances and all the problems inflated the budget from 3.5 to $9 million Ooh. with just $3 million of the dollars. Again, we're talking about 1975 money, so very inflated cash. $3 million of those dollars going to just the special effects department. I bet $1 million of that increase was Robert Shaw. 
right there. I'm sure. <laughs> just like dealing with his like all those takes in one day, keeping production going yeah. and going and yeah. going. Time, though, like he is uh, probably yeah. He he out punches. Yeah. His, yeah. He's yeah. probably like sixty percent of why the movie worked really well. Yeah. Because he's, he's great, a dude. You know, I, I don't know how else to say it. Even like, when he yeah. comes in there to the town hall meeting, oh, that's and he's just like, opinion. "I'll it's catch your shark." Silence. <laughs> why is your accent <laughs> so perfect? I, know. I don't know. I'm on it tonight. Maria, you are. Maria and I were watching it. She had never seen it. She's like, "Oh, who's that guy?" Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. And he had come down to Cape Cod and got, like, actually tutored by a sailor. So, for his drunkenness, he was able to act, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he was and great. I don't want to keep railing on his drunkenness. R.I.P. R.I.P. Robert Shaw and Roy Scheider. He's dead I as know. well. Um, Richard Dreyfuss is luckily still alive. Um, but for this movie, going $9 million of her budget, it grossed a fucking $7 million the first weekend. Yep. And then did $470 million worldwide Woo! in the box office. Woo! It's the highest grossing movie in 1975 ever until Star Wars came out two years later, 1977. And this movie is still ranked at number seven with inflation for the highest box office release ever. That's incredible. And That's this, crazy. The 77 Star Wars, I think it was like Return of the Jedi or something like but that. Yeah. This also had a, a wider release than a lot of movies, too. I think that also played a role in sure. it. They released but it like 440 theaters, which was like unheard of yeah. at the time. But it's so crazy this movie caught fire like that. Though. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. It, stayed in, it stayed in theaters till December of that year. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. That's okay. incredible. That's like, you don't hear about that today. No. It's like on iTunes in like a couple yeah. months, maybe. Yeah. That's most. ridiculous. I mean, at that point, you had to see it or you didn't yeah. see it. Right. Um, as for location, uh, which also kind of leads into why it was a higher budget, they shot primarily in Massachusetts. How do you pronounce that? Massachusetts? Mas- yeah. Martha's Vineyard in Mass- Mass- yeah. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, they also shot in California and Australia. Um, on top of that, they ch- chose to shoot in Martha's Vineyard, which I can only imagine is also kind of why they had higher prices for all their venues, because Martha's Vineyard is still a very expensive place. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't at the time, though. After this oh, movie, really? like, the population shot from, like, five... The population, like, tripled after this movie came oh, out. okay. So maybe not as expensive then, but, you know, it's a beautiful place, and, you know, what are you going to do? But, yeah, the, the, the location didn't help the budget whatsoever. But the, when you're making fucking... 400 and whatever million was it yeah. matter. And the fact that you're actually shooting on water, yes. this had not been done before. Right. Yes. Again, uh, sorry to men- not mention that, but yeah, it had not, there's never been a movie that's been shot in the ocean. Yeah. Or on the ocean. And they're probably, and they don't do that even now. Like, no, because it's not, you have fucking sailboats coming in. Yeah. You have to like, they're saying like, you can't green, like today you can green screen it out. They're saying back then, if there's a fucking sailboat in the shot, you you've got to fucking wait. And if another one comes, you just have to wait. That and like, I know the reason they wanted to be in the ocean is because they didn't want any land to be seen in any of the shots because they wanted to make those three characters as isolated as possible at that end of the movie to make sure they couldn't come back to the land. Like there was no option for them to escape. Right. They were out there. Crazy. Yeah. So normally we would go into special effects at this point, but... I want to talk about the soundtrack, which we don't normally do on this show, but this one is very important. Yeah, can I get John a little? Williams. Can I get a little sampling from you guys? Dun 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 dun. I mean, no matter who you are, you hear those notes and you think fucking Jaws. I mean, you were a kid playing in a swimming pool and you made that noise. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. It's just it's 
just culturally known. Yeah. I don't know any other movie that you like know the soundtrack yeah. like that. It for. is iconic. You could maybe say Halloween or like Friday. Yes, or, uh, that's, true, that's, true, that's true. That's true. That's true. But those are also very classic horror movies yes. that are great. Yeah. yeah, I think Halloween is probably like the only one you can compare this to. It's just like it's unforgettable. Um, so Spielberg had composer John Williams do the score for his first movie, Sugarland Express, and he wanted to have him work on Jaws as well. Uh, by the way, the Soundtrack Show, which is a podcast, does an incredible two-part series on the score if you want to learn more. He basically goes through the entire score as it runs through the movie and breaks it down onto what each Ooh, of the notes mean. It's really cool. Sexy. What yeah. is that again? It's called The Soundtrack Show. I will have to watch that because I love the soundtrack. Oh my god, you would love it. They do like a yeah. two-parter on Jurassic Park really? too. Yeah, Damn. also Harry Potter. It's great. It's great. Huh. Um, so there are a few things from that that I wanted to touch on. So the shark is not present for most of the first half of the film. As we will learn, we're due to problems with the shark. Um, but Spielberg still did a great job instilling fear in us in what we couldn't see. And the music did that as well. So for all the scenes leading up to any kind of the shark attacks in the first half, the music tells you where the shark is because you don't see it other than it, you know, just yeah. hints under the water. So it's kind of your gauge telling you how close um, the shark is to its prey. As music should be in most horror movies. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it, it's, it's like it's like a non-visual like gauge. Build up. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Build up to a crescendo. Um, and for the second half, when they were out on the boat, it was basically like a pirate's theme he was going for. It's kind of like whimsical. It's like, wow, is this a horror movie I'm watching? I don't know. It doesn't really yeah. feel like it. I um, mean, it can be argued as well that each of the three characters, Quint, Hooper, and Brody, have their own themes. You can kind of see it when each of them is on the like on the screen, and they kind of like tie into oh, each other. Neat. I've never noticed that. Very cool. And for the last scene, for Quint's death, for the last scene. And for the last death in the movie, for Quint's death, there is zero music, unlike the other shark attacks in the movie. Um, and it's actually the first time the audience gets to see the shark in its glory for this attack. Allie, and it's gruesome. Allie pointed that out to me. She's like, there's no music right now. No it's just him chomping. We, we around it and watched it like four more times. <laughs> That's great. Is there a reason? I, mean, I think you don't need it. I think because it just makes it kind of more... They, like, I think they what they said was that it would have added like too much. It was yeah. you're already seeing him like chomped in half. There's yeah. blood coming out of his mouth. And it's like the the most visceral part. Yeah. Actually, the entire movie because he's yeah. the only person you could just see get devoured like that. Exactly. TV oh. shows do that too. Like when something really fucked up happens and they want you to like sit on it and it's mm -hmm. like the end of the episode. They don't play music in the credits right. and you're like yeah. you're supposed you to think sit about and it. think about it. Mm -hmm. Think about your thoughts. Yeah crazy at the end yeah. of the day this score ended up getting an oscar for best music a golden globe for best original score and was ranked number six on the 25 greatest film scores by the american film institute i, mean, I can't even think of one in front of me I, don't, I only watch horror movies obviously so can't talk for every movie but like what other movie can you think of the score and like it's it's tagline no like, dun -dun, dun -dun. like that's i mean it. halloween yeah. is the only thing i think of and yeah. now harry potter but sure but like before other than that but damn, a horror movie it took it. home an Oscar in the Golden Globe for yeah, this man. shit. Yeah, man. Fucking awesome. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, well, okay, you, you wait and we'll see. Wait, we'll wait. We'll wait. Can we get to the fucking shark yes, now? Yes. The okay, best part. Okay. Okay. So the mechanical shark used in this film was named Bruce after Spielberg's lawyer, which I thought was pretty cute. And Bruce was, was his a lawyer, a shark. Uh, I guess he's still his lawyer, though. He still had him. The so he obviously loves him. Oh, wow. I, they're friends, I, I guess. But so. uh, Bruce was a finicky son of a bitch that pretty much malfunctioned 
every day to the point where they didn't use it for most of the scenes that it was drawn up for in the storyboard. Jesus. So if you look at the storyboard, the shark is everywhere. Really? But yes. That would have so, changed the whole complexion of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. But with the monster film, it's often the less you see that makes it so scary. Um, they had Bob Maddie who did the giant squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, okay. who actually built the mechanical shark. Um, but credit goes to Joe Alve, Alves. Alves, Alves, Alves. Credit goes to Joe Alves, the production designer for his vision of the shark. And they built, I think it was five different sharks on the West Coast, and they worked until they shipped them to the East Coast because they dropped them into salt water. For the first time. And oh, so no. everything kind of just went fucking nuts, like the electrical circuit shorts and all that kind of shit. Why would you shit. think about that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Fucking different water quality. So basically they had to remake the sharks with a bunch of compression hoses, and there were about 10 to 12 dudes pulling levers on the shark at really? a time. Yeah. Wow. Um, Bruce? No, but, but, but just to be clear, the shark is actually a shark. This isn't special effect. This is like the thing... Where it's actually there, like it's a it's a tangible yeah. yes. touch. Yes. Oh shark. yeah. Mechanical like with a bunch that, of hoses and that shit shark inside existed. it. Yes. It's still it's there still was, exists. There was a bunch of different ones, and they would have That's pieces terrifying. of a shark. They'd have a left side shark. They'd have a right side shark. Yeah. Um. Huh. And every day, Bruce had to be drained, scrubbed, and repainted. Repainted. Yes. Damn. Because of the salt water, and because. Bruce was such a picky bitch, they changed their whole approach. So Spielberg thought, what would Hitchcock do? Um, less shark, more water camera angles. So the cameraman, Bill Butler, invented a water box to put the camera into shoot at water level. And think of all the scenes where people are swimming in the water and the underwater shots are basically POVs from the shark. And this helped create that anxiety that maybe yeah. there's a shark right. lurking. Can I make a comment really quick? Is that that reminded me of slasher vision before there was slasher mm -hmm. vision? Like, I mean, I know that the Black uh, Black Christmas was one of the first slasher oh, movies, yeah. which was I think early '70s. Yes. And then Halloween kind of made it famous, but like that's exactly the, the same. Is like that's yeah, that's, that's the slasher vision. And even like thinking about those like yellow barrels they used, like you knew those yellow barrels in the water was signifying the shark was there, mm -hmm. which is smart. Fucking genius. Yeah. Um, the scene with the cage uh, in the water where Richard Dreyfuss is supposed to be doing that was uh, shot in, I guess, Australia. Australia. Uh, we're with a real shark, but it was like 14 footer, but only a 14. I, fucking yeah, footer. I know. Yeah. Um, they spent about a week trying to get this right, but the shark just kept swimming around the cage and he didn't try to like hit the fuck cage. with it at all yeah. until it got tangled up and started thrashing. So that at scene of like the shark thrashing in the movie is an actual shark thrashing really? in the movie. Yeah. Yes. Cause that looks the, so real. The footage was basically so good from that that shot where the shark is like thrashing yeah. on top that Spielberg was going to have Hooper die because they're like shit we got this great footage but the actor wasn't in the cage so yeah. it's no good and he was like he saw it and he was like no he's like I'm going to have Hooper live yeah so he escaped and then that's where they pull on Hooper escaping right yeah and yeah. The, the scenes that you see in the movie where Hooper is in a cage with the shark or whatever 
it's actually a little person yeah. in the cage that they use. And yeah. his name is Carl Rizzo. And um, he actually had a heart attack when that scene happened because the shark that they put him in the water with like started bending back the wires. He had a heart attack, wasn't used to diving because they Whoa. used an inexperienced stuntman and he used up all his oxygen. oxygen. So he could have died. Heart attack? He <laughs> yeah. didn't die though. He didn't die. Jesus. No. Yeah. And uh, one more thing about the shark. Uh, you mentioned George Lucas earlier. Yeah. He actually, him and Spielberg and a couple other people were playing on set late at night one time and he got in the mouth of the shark and Spielberg was trying to like fuck with him and close the, the mouth. Um, on George Lucas? Yeah. On George Lucas and they fucking broke it. So they all just like took off. Oh, and ran. Yeah. assholes. Yeah. I know. I know. It's fucking assholes. Yeah. So the shark was a bitch, but I think considering all of that and the way that they like just changed their approach, they're like, this isn't working. We're going to have to go another way. I think it was, I couldn't imagine it being like too sharky, you know, like yeah. the way they did it was the way it was supposed to be done. Yeah. I mean, I think it worked out. Um, I want to talk about some of the death scenes real quick so the first death uh by the actress susan back backlany hotcakes yeah little cutie she she was actually an animal wrangler who did all of her own stunts um the shark was supposed to be seen in this death scene you saw the fin but you were supposed to see his like face he was supposed to come out of the water yeah but at this point in in when they were filming they didn't even have a workable shark yet couldn't do that. Um, so this, they also said this was probably the most dangerous effect sequences of the whole film because basically she was being tugged left and right by yes, yeah. ten men on like pulleys on each side. Really? So they were just pulling her, jerking her in hoping, both directions, hoping not to break her back. Jesus. I know. And she said that if she was actually hurt, the way she was screaming on camera, Wouldn't like nobody would know. Yeah. That's, That's fucking terrifying. Creepy. Yeah. Um, the final shot where she does end up going underwater, Spielberg was like very like anal about it and he wanted to make sure it was done right. So he was the one that like actually pulled her under. Like when they were doing the looping scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve, Steven Spielberg poured water down her throat. So Richard Drivers was remembering it. He's like, I guess, you know, they didn't really call it waterboarding back then, but I guess that's what it was. Jesus. Yeah. So, like, the, when they're recording later on, like, the screams are muffled with all that water. <laughs> yeah. They got, they did pretty well with yeah. their new practical effects. I know. Yeah. Um, I want to move to the boy on the raft, Alex Kittner. Um, they had a machine that the kid had to lay on top of that exploded blood but he had trouble staying underwater so they got this diver to sit underneath him with like an oxygen tank and he would hold him under the water and like give him some of his like oxygen like kiss him no yeah i think he just like would take his his little little mouth thing but um that's crazy the mom actress she wasn't like even on film at this point but she was watching the scene with all the blood shooting up and she was like freaking the fuck out she's like this is fucking horrific that i think was like one of the best like yeah scenes in the movie Mm -hmm. too like just the shot up of that blood especially i mean this is a different side note but like the zero in on brody's face when he realizes there's a shark attack happening like that 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 shot like where they zoom in like that like that was never done before yeah 
Um, also, another side note, the scene where the mom slaps Chief Brody was a real slap. She la slapped him about 17 times that day. Oh, no. <laughs> and people would stop her on the street all the time asking her to slap them. I, I, I was reading about this, and I, I, uh, I saw like it was only because she couldn't commit. She couldn't do a fake slap, like, yeah. which mm -hmm. people can fucking do. Like, you, you could yeah. do a fake slap. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I, I remember reading Brody's comments. I guess it was Roy Scheider said, like, this is probably the most painful scene you ever filmed because he got slapped 17 times for real she's a sadist i mean she probably did it on fucking purpose she looked like <laughs> i a sadist. know i know well, good for her <laughs> um okay so a couple more things i don't know this is a lot but the decapitated head scene where hooper discovers the fisherman ben gardner was actually filmed in the editor's swimming pool in california really so spielberg borrowed some props from universal and poured like powdered milk in the pool to make it look murky like the east coast water interesting how fun because that scene looked like they were in the ocean to me like also like how do you do that in a pool I loved that jump scare. I would never let somebody in do that in, do my, that in my fucking pool. Well, unless I mean, like Steven Spielberg came and was like, yo, dog. Yeah, yeah, and you're rich. You're going to get somebody yeah, to like... Sure I will let, I'll, yeah, yeah, we'll go back to the editor in, in, uh, when okay. we get to awards, by the way. So I was watching the behind the scenes like where, where Quint's body was getting crushed by the shark. If you have a second, get on YouTube and like type in the death scene of Quint and you'll see like outtakes... Basically, the one that I watched, he was like getting chomped and he's screaming. And they, I think they put too much of the blood in his mouth because it just like shot up all over his face. And he starts like laughing. And then you oh, hear all no. like the camera and crewmen like start laughing. So they had to like restart it over. I, it's just really adorable. Like you, yeah. should, you should go back and watch it. But um, the last death of the film, uh, the shark death. So basically, they rigged the shark head with fake blood and filled it with calamari, which I oh. thought was, like, resourceful, yeah. meaty. Um, and Spielberg left during this last shot because... I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, he was afraid the crew was going to throw him in the water, which is so fucking weird. Yeah. What, are you scared of water? Well, well you, would you want to be thrown in the water with, like, squid guts and fake blood? I would. I feel like he, was gonna get pr he thought he was going to get pranked. Yeah. I mean, you win, like, a, you, you. you win a football game, you get a you get a you gallon get the, of Gatorade on he, the he head. He's being a bit of a, yeah. an asshole. But I guess that tradition is how he... That's his tradition now. He doesn't do the last shot of mm -hmm. any of his films. I know it's funny because I know... I think it was uh, Hooper was on the flight with them somewhere, and he was like, how did the last shot go? He's like, I don't know. They're still doing it. Yeah. So they're doing like, it right what now. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's so ridiculous to me. So I'm going to get into how this movie did when it came out. As you guys know, it did make a lot of money. But when Steven Spielberg saw this for the first time, he watched it with an audience. And oh, he, nice. He yeah, and he watched it all the way at the back where the curtain was. So he said, in case I hated it or it was going terribly, I could just walk out right onto the lobby and be done with it. Um, but he remembers the scene where the Kintner boy was devoured on the raft. And he said, a little boy like got up from his seat to leave. And I thought, shit, it's the first walkout. And then he realized the kid was running, like he was fleeing the movie. No. And then there was another person that got up too and couldn't make it and vomited like on their way running out. That's great. I love yeah. these ideas of horror movies that make people so horrified. Yeah, I know. Like exorcists are puking somewhere. Could you guys yeah. imagine like puking no, over no. a movie? Not at all. I think the closest thing I could probably feel would be like the decapitation scene in Hereditary. Hereditary. 
I will say in Volcano as a movie, my mom, <laughs> oh, yeah. my mom took this. me as a kid. The first death, uh, I, I asked her to leave. That's fine. <laughs> Ten minutes in. So I've experienced this. Uh, but yeah, he thought, oh, well, shit. Like, it's too gruesome. Like, I went too far. Uh, then he kept hearing the audience members react and like, ooh, ah, and scream and whatever. And, and of course, at the end, like, everybody claps. And he realized, like, shit, well. Knocked it out. Um, yeah. And so Peter Benchley, the author, and his wife saw the movie with an audience as well. And at the end, the whole theater clapped and cheered. And she went out into the street and she saw Richard Dreyfuss, who was just screaming, we did it. We did it. It was great. Like, that's kind of wonderful yeah especially after such a like shitty time exactly like yeah. could you imagine being spielberg you know you're way over budget yeah nothing is working you're putting celery under your bed every night yeah. as a lucky charm to like yeah. try to make it better like you have a drunk he on said staff. Yeah. yeah he like, said this was in the country for a certain amount of time no oh yeah he just he said like he was like, by far, this is the it was the worst production like experience I've ever had. And he said he still had nightmares about it. Oof. Yeah, I can imagine why. Uh, but so for the release of this movie, lines were wrapped around the block and around the block and the other block. It was the highest grossing film of its time, as you said. Um, and uh, we already touched on that. And this was the first film that had merchandise like jewelry, oh. underwear, cups, you name it. You know, it's we're so used Genius. to that now, like action figures and shit, but they didn't have that back then. Interesting. And so good and a bad, bad thing. Great for Jaws, great for movies, but also like this is when corporations wanted to get yeah. involved and shit. Start merchandising out movies for exactly. all Exactly. This is the horror movies and you see stuff like Friday thirteenth or uh, mm -hmm. you know, Jason and How many people on Instagram games? have like little fucking figurines and shit? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of sad, but whatever. Um, and just even though the movie like it stayed in the theaters, like I said, till December. Um, but then again, like as like Blu-rays came out and like VHSs and uh, things like that, like the movie just is just like the next it's, generation. It's just like it's fucking. It's a cultural icon. Everybody knows this movie. Parents always want to show it to their kids. I can't wait to watch it with like our nieces one yeah. day. You know, I look forward to that. No, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's yeah. a movie that. It's a great movie to watch before the beach with kids yes. to let them know why you shouldn't go too far because it's a cautionary tale. Yeah. And it's a cautionary tale that's even more, uh, I don't know, like realistic than a lot of the things we talk about week to week. That's yeah. why this movie can be scarier than a lot it's of horror real. movies because it's real. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm telling you, when I saw this movie, there were times where I didn't want to get in the tub. I didn't want to <laughs> get in the tub. <laughs> I was like, I'll take a fucking shower and stand up and look at my feet. That's my yeah. phrase, the dark shit. Yeah, yeah. he knew I had, a, like, I've always had a swimming pool growing up. Yeah. Like, I would not swim in that shit at night. And That's funny. when I was on swim team, because I was on swim team for like three years when I was younger, like, you better believe in practice sometimes. Like jaws would jaws. pop into my head, and I would swim so fucking fast. <laughs> Do you know he's coming up the drain? Yeah, and it's so silly. Like, it's ridiculous, yeah. but, like, I've heard other people say the same thing. Like, I was, like, swimming in practice. And you just start swimming as fast dun, as you dun. can because you're like, what dun, if? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, especially if it's like super chlorine or like yeah. bleach or whatever and you can't see behind you. It's fucking scary. That's great. Um, oh, yeah. So ABC aired this movie in 1979 and it was the second most watched broadcast movie on TV behind Gone with the Wind. Whoa. Listen to wow. this. Gone with the Wind was huge. Yeah. But this it captured 57% of viewers. For reference, the Super Bowl gets 33 to 35%. Holy wow. shit. Of all of like viewership. This yeah. is 57 fucking that's, percent. Uh, that's very impressive. Oh yeah. 
Um, and to draw back to Alien last week, even Alien was pitched as like a Jaws in space. Oh, yeah. Seems like Jaws sets sets it, tone. It, it's it's for it's creature the movies reference for yes. creature movies. Yeah. Um, it obviously went on to have three sequels. In my opinion, other than Scream, this is like the m- most rewatchable series. I like uh, the second Scream Jaws. Movies. Jaws two, yeah. I thought was fun. The third one is at fucking Sea World. Can't beat that. And the fourth one is in Jamaica. Okay. And I have rides all over at Disney. Uh, yeah, those Universal. Yeah, were the Universal. fucking best. Those, those were so. Good. I remember. They I remember were scary. As a kid, they like were ducking, scary. Ducking in my dad's lap. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Next to me. Great. Yeah, it was fucking scary. So wait, what did this movie? How did this movie score? I got this is it's mm, not as well as I. You know, this isn't necessarily what it was when it came out at the time, but it was eight out of ten IMDb, eighty-seven Metacritic, ninety-seven critic score, and a ninety percent on Rotten. Mysterious. It can't go much higher than that. I mean, it's (laughs) not well. The eighty and eighty-seven for IMDb Metacritic. I don't get the eighty. Metacritic's kind of critical. Yeah, but IMDb IMDb can suck a dick. That's huge for IMDb though. They're usually like six. So I don't know. Debatable. I whatever. It's I feel like it's mostly user based. But anyway, um, other than the awards it received for the score, it won two other Oscars for best sound and best film editing. Um, it was also up for an Oscar for Best Picture, but to be fair, it was up a bunch of of heavy of heavy hitters, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest ended up taking uh, home the award. Uh, God damn it! But a horror movie that up for Best movie. Picture. Honestly, I, I like know. this better than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I like nest. that movie, but this is yeah, it's better. I do too. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also nominated for three Golden Globes for Best Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Motion Picture Jesus. Drama. Um, and guys, that's just Golden Globes and Oscars we're talking about. If you want to get into other awards, like I can't even get into just like, you know how they have like Saturn Awards and stuff, but They're I'm talking about like SAG Awards, like actual actors and like people in the Academy and stuff like voting for these. Well, that's I guess that's Oscars, great. but but other other like prominent institutes, like there's just yeah. lists and lists of awards. Well, damn. But I digress, y'all. I could talk about it forever. Well, we, this is why episodes can be super long because it's just so much digest. I feel like we cut yeah. it a, down a lot too. We, did. we tried. We, we did, did a good job. I mean, there's so. just still so much to talk about. Tell me there are some good taglines. And that's where it gets longer. Again, this is the movie where we've had the most taglines I've ever seen for a movie. Really? Yeah. We have about 11 taglines. All right, just pick like a good five. Okay. One is. On the 4th of July, fishing season will open on you. Oh. Okay. Uh, try to imagine meeting the devil with Jaws. Okay. Mm. I mean, I'm going to go with a lot of ellipses here, but Amity Island had everything. Clear skies, gentle surf, warm water. People flocked there every summer. It was the perfect feeding ground. I like that one. Yeah, it's a With the warm. feeding ground. Yeah. yeah. My favorite was, when the beach is open this summer, you will be taken. Because, like, this is a movie people watch and they go to the beach and they're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw Deep Blue Sea at Myrtle Beach oh, with my father. So and good. Like, so good. I didn't want to get in the water the next day. Yeah. He's like, yo, pussy, like, get in the water. It's like, <laughs> yeah. nah, dog. Did you I not see what I watched Did last you not night? see Jaws or Those Deep sharks Blue that swim whatever? backwards? Right. <laughs> yeah, not doing that. Um... Awesome. Well, let's uh, take a quick break and get back to you guys with the ratings. 
Okay, guys, to get into the ratings for this week for Jaws, it, the Charlie Jump Scare is one of our 11 horror variables. We're going to go with a 33%. Yeah. I don't think Jaws no. is the most like jump in your face no. movie. No. Except for the when the face pops out. Yeah. yeah. That Gardner actually said. did make me yeah. jump. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Maria screamed a little bit. Yeah. Like, you've seen it a billion times, but you still can't help it. I know. Yep. You don't know when it's coming. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, even when it was coming, I knew it was coming, and I still couldn't stop it. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack, 90%, nine yeah. across the board. John Perfect. Williams, I guess you could say it was the start of his career, right? No, he's made a bunch of shit before this. Okay, never mind. So, just a great dude. <laughs> he's legendary, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it definitely did, like it did wonders for his career, but he he had stuff under his belt, but this was probably the biggest thing he okay. did. Yeah. Uh, for gore, we gave it a 40%. We were around yeah. the same. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't think it really needs a lot of gore because nah. it's just kind of blood in the water for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Your typical um, uh, shark attack. Yeah. And it's probably the best shark attack that had been envisioned on the silver screen since. Uh, for shock value, we gave it a 36%. It's not all that shocking. Shark attacks no. happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, there wasn't like any crazy nudity or anything that was said during the movie that made me feel shocked. Uh, for suspense, we gave us a 66%. I I'm fine with that. Like, it's a suspenseful movie. It definitely I, is. I, I thought think. it was pretty suspenseful. Yeah. I feel like when they're second half of the movie when the three men are on the boat yes you're constantly kind of thinking when is it gonna happen well even the pov shots of like the water box yeah. camera angles that was suspenseful for me like mm -hmm. seeing the kids legs in the waters i'm like fuck man when's it coming when's it coming or like the old two old dudes like on the dock yes. and like they fall yeah. in and one's trying to swim he's like come on hurry yeah. up i mean you think if i've had you're not gonna movie, make it. you'd think yeah. he's gonna get eaten yeah but he doesn't get eaten that's right i'm glad yeah. they do no, i agree uh, for monster slash killer appeal, we give it eighty six percent. Yes, you, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave it a ten. It's crazy. This was a practical fucking shark. I know. Yeah, like that's just something. It's a that, fucking mechanical shark. Think about Sharknado is all CGI. Yeah, this the is complete opposite. All, like this is a complete opposite. It's they great. had like an iron platform of how like that was on the like ocean floor that would like help move the shark they called it like the iron arm or something Jesus. i know cool. fucking crazy 1975 two people yeah remember that for special effects we gave it 83 percent. probably yep. could have been a lot higher because it's probably some of the best better special effects i've we've seen hell yeah practical yeah. um very practical for horniness, that is maybe the one thing this movie missed. I don't think it needed it, but no. sex scene between Brody and his wife would have been good. She's uh, hot. Yeah. Well, in the book, uh, Hooper is sleeping with his wife, but they chose not <gasps> to. What? Yeah. And with Hooper dies in the book. Yeah. Brody sleeps with his wife. Uh, Hooper sleeps with Brody's wife in the book, but they agree that it doesn't add anything anything to it the story, so they took like, it out. There's no way that Dreyfus. I don't know. That just wouldn't work. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll skip over that. For scariness, we had a 50%. I think that's fine. Like, I I think you could argue it's 100% because if you go to the ocean, yeah. this is fucking scary for it's, practical yeah. reasons. But, but yeah. watching it as a movie, it's like, also, okay. In the comfort of your home. No. Yeah. Watching it, yeah, your home, there's no sharks going to come knock on the no. door. <laughs> like, nothing's going to happen that way. Whereas if you watch something like Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah or like some know. serial killer shit. Yeah. Uh, for acting, this is probably the first time we've all given something a 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% for acting. This Fuck acting yeah. was out of the park. Just you. No roll. words. You got the right people to do it. Yes. Right. That's all I can be said. Uh, for plot, we gave it an 83%. Again, this is based on a book, but it was done very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for personal scores, I'll go first. I gave this an 89%. Um, 
I love this movie. I'm potentially setting up the score for my last score next week because I didn't know how to set that up. But uh, I, I love this movie. It scares me at the water, but when I think about it, um, it's a movie I've seen probably more than any other horror movie. Yeah. Ash, you gave it 92%. What would you like to say? There is nothing about this movie that I don't like. And uh, like reading more about like the special effects and how much of a horrible time they had, but they still made it look fucking awesome. Um, it just adds to it for me. A young Spielberg like doing his shit before he was like anybody. It's so fucking cool that he had all this like trust put into him. Um, and it worked out. And it worked out. And I, you know, I don't like creature features, but this one was fucking excellent. There's just nothing terrible I can say about this movie. And I couldn't give it like anything higher because that's, you know, reserved for House of Thousand Corpses and Evil sure. Dead. Sure. So, Much you know. different movies. Yeah. yeah. Much different yeah, movies. You know. yeah. Okay, Macias, you're the lady of the hour. Yeah. Of the horny horror hour. Uh, you gave it 100%. Yep. You've given two other movies 100% that deserved it. Yes. What would you like to say for this movie, why it deserved it? I have definitely seen this movie more than anything else I've ever watched. As a kid, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I know it was a movie as a kid that I would watch over and over and over and over and over. This movie makes me think of you. Yes. I was, like, looking around my house, like, since I watched this movie, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I have a Jaws... Like an old school Jaws poster from the 70s. Yep. I have um, this like Jaws plaster thing that you gave me. I have like a huge shark painting over my bed. I have so much shark. I have a shark fucking bath mat. I have a shark coming out of the water. You have this a is, shark tattoo. I have, yeah. I have huge Jaws tattoo on my arm. When I think of horror movies and Macias, I think Jaws. Yeah. Jaws this and was, Scream. Yeah. Or when I think Jaws, I think Macias. Yeah. yeah. Um. I don't know. This movie had like a huge influence on me. It's probably why I like horror. Because you're it was, a water sign. Yeah, I'm a cancer. I love the summertime. Um, and I love the water, so it's like even more terrifying to me. Because when I'm at the ocean, I'm I'm in it always. Um, I feel like my life has been leading up to this podcast. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I've never done so much research or watched. I listened to like three hours of podcasts nice. and a, like an hour and a half documentary and then watched the movie. And then we'll probably go like watch the rest of the movies. This we week. will release an extended cut edition of Messias talking about oh, Jaws. Oh, shit. Yeah, part two. <laughs> part yeah, two. part two. I could if go you're on for another hour. Well, shit. That's a hundred percent for you. Yeah, guys, 100%. I can't believe it. I know. I, know. I can't believe we're here. We have one left. One well, left. But before we get to that, we gave it ninety-four percent, which might be one of the oh my god, yeah. fuck yes, we've ever given a movie. Good. Um, fuck yeah. yes. Good, good job, everyone. Uh, for a number of kills, not to skip out on the last metrics, we had four kills. That's inaccurate. Uh, I didn't count the dog. <laughs> you don't count the dog. You can count the dog and <gasps> the shark they killed. You count the dog. Dogs are people, okay, too. So sorry. Four kills if you don't count the animals. Six kills if you count the animals. Unfortunately, zero sex scenes. One jump scare, which was the head in the window. I could argue two where the shark comes through the cabin of the... Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'll say two. We'll change that to uh, one explosion, which is the big explosion at the end. Yeah. Like, the shark. No, it's like the one explosion that it's like there's no fire involved. No. No. <laughs> just just, the, just guts. Boosh, just yeah. guts out of the ocean. And the number of monsters is one. Okay, so we're getting to our last next week, which is kind of fun and uh, sad, but uh, we're happy to be here. And I get to choose last week, which is wonderful. Um, I had a hard time thinking about what I wanted to do. I really thought about Evil Dead being a movie that I love. I really thought about uh, Reanimator, which is something 
that I really covet as well. But at the end of the day, I know we've covered it before. I would love to take one last deep dive into 1982 John Carpenter's The Thing. Fuck yeah. I yes. Think it sends us out in the right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's so because it, we did it right when we were a baby podcast. We, yeah. we, we shut we shut the bet on it. We did the best we, we could, but it's gonna be better oh my this God. time. We did yes. so much. For I'm glad that. we get to redo this. And it's John Carpenter. Yes. I think all of us probably agree it's one of the better horror movies oh, yeah. that we've seen um, ever. It's that, a classic, and it's keeping with the theme of like the fucking big heavy hitter influential movies. And mm. the practical effects. Yep. Always. Supersede and Kurt Russell's hair. Ooh, Jesus God damn, Christ. that should have gotten save an Oscar. It, save it for the podcast. Okay. Um, and in and having a great ending, we're hopefully going to have a special guest on that will help us see us out on the last episode of Horny Horror Hour with the thing. Watch it, 1982. We're not talking about that new shit. We don't even want to see that. Don't even bring uh, it up. Don't bring it up. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. As always, you can contact us at hornyhorror at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Horny Horror Hour. You guys have a good week. Uh, don't go to the beach. Probably too cold anyway. But if you don't. do, don't get in the ocean. 